And now for part two. Let's go back to something that's actually uh, good now. Barbie. I fucking loved Barbie. You mean the Trojan horse of a motion picture that came out in July? I went... The the experience of Barbie that I embraced was partly... Yeah, you went full full frontal with it, didn't you? Yeah, full frontal's an interesting choice of words. (laughs) I and a friend... A friend basically made a bet with me. He knows that I'm a fan of Ryan Gosling. Not to the point where I sit there and go, that's me. I'm not one of them. I did that when I saw Drive when I was like 16 and I'm done with that now. I'm I'm grown up. (laughs) I don't sit there at the age of like 28 and go, oh my God, he's just like me. (laughs) Um, No, I thought like with Drive, I was like, I want to be this guy. He's so badass. But with this, because he knew that, he knew that Drive is one of my favorite movies ever. And it's kind of the reason why I love Drive is a movie I'd want to make. I'm a big Michael Mann fan. I like that whole neon aesthetic. Sadly, it's been kind of overdone as a result of Drive. Drive. And loads of other people have tried to create it. Adam Wingard's found success with it, but other people haven't. Still struggle, yeah. 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 Uh, Actually, if you look at the art house scene, they've managed to pull it off. And like Titane's one of those films where does the colour, the palette's really perfect and stuff. But... Uh, he turned to me and went, he's going to be in this... My mate said, Ryan Gosling's in this Barbie film. It's going to be fucking terrible. It's a Barbie film. Made a bet with me and everything. So he said, I'm going to go see it with you and we're going to go see Barbie. And I went, right, okay, we'll go see it. And I found out it was Greta Gerwig and I went, you're going to be fucking eating your words, my friend. Yeah. Okay, Greta Gerwig. And he was like, no, nah, you know, still Barbie. So I bought us two denim vests. Oh! Button up ones. We put on our denims. Up, we quiffed our hairs. Yeah. We, we kind of buttoned them up for a little bit. It was quite cool. Of course you did. Of course you did. Um, and then we went to see Barbie in Leicester Square dressed as Ken. Amazing. It was like our fun little day out. All the girls were in pink, so we were like, we're going as Ken. And it wasn't wasted. Dressing up for that was great. And like Mario was an event film for kids, this was an event film for everyone, actually. I think the idea that this is aimed at the gals... Is bollocks. Greta Gerwig was really intelligent with the way she positioned jokes. Oh, yeah. Positions gender. It's one of the most intelligent films about talking about gender yeah. and identity and so on in the last 10 years, whenever all this debate and discourse began. Yeah. This film actually does it well, yeah. intelligently, and also it does it with a sense of humour, which is so void when people have discussions about sensitive modern contemporary topics like this and that's not just it the film looks amazing the set design's awesome the performances are all brilliant they were great even down to like helen mirren's narration's fucking quality in it you know and that's (laughs) such a small aspect of the movie barbie fucking rocks man and the thing is everyone's going the way it was kind of talked about it's not a masterpiece no no but it's fucking brilliant so, That's where it stands. So what you've... Ended- Opposite rant. This was a positive rant. Yeah, I but like that. I, I, I like that, I like that energy. <laughs> Fluctuating with how much you hated Ant-Man 3. Barbie fucking... Yeah, Barbie. Yeah, I've I- only got one thing to say. Go on. Mojo Dojo Kata House. Mojo Dojo Kata That's right. That's right. Yeah, he even just beat his chest like always, King Kong. Always. Uh, so I had a slightly more underwhelming experience with Barbie. Um, I went on a Monday after work. Well, and it rained, so yeah, I didn't really get the. Um... So the atmosphere was not in the air. No, for it, really, but there were it? walkouts of my screening, right? Yeah, kids, right? 
Because it was very adult. Because it's a 12A. Mm. A jo- I mean, my sister was obsessed with Barbie, as I'm sure most of ours were. So I grew up with all the uh, animated films. Barbie and the Nutcracker, Rapunzel, Swan Lake, Princess and the Pauper, all of them. And I think a lot of people, myself included, were expecting maybe a live-action version of that with maybe some mature jokes, a bit like Shrek kind of thing, but I kind of have a crossover appeal thing going on. Yeah. Um, What instead we got was the cinematic equivalent of the Mola Ram chest heart rip from Temple of Doom. Mm. You went straight to the centre of popular culture you fucking tore its heart out. You brought it out and you made us look at it and you put glitter on it and put it back in, right? Yeah. Because you start this film off and how else are you going to make a film like this? You get Mattel thinking, okay, so make our Barbie movie. It's a massive advert. Do what you want, but just make our Barbie movie. Yeah. Warner Brothers say, yeah, okay, um, cast this person, this person. All the major record labels put their stars forward. Billie Eilish, Dua Lipa, who is in this film in such a way that you can edit her out, which I appreciate because I'll probably do that before. I Hell, even my kids. John Cena makes an appearance. Yeah, in it but, as a merman. But John, C- John Cena is is separate. Merman Ken. Merman Ken. Yeah. John Cena. Merman. John Cena is not trash. This, these people I'm discussing are are trash. You get all the bigwigs to basically. You agree to let all the bigwigs put their stuff in. All the money people. And so they don't look at what you're actually doing. They don't know that the film starts and then halfway through a dance number, Barbie asks, I wonder what it's like to be dead. Yeah. You don't know that at some point in this film, they go into the real world. Ken learns about the... I thought it was fucking hilarious when Quen... uh, When Quen? Yes, Quen, Quen. Quen, Quen. When Ken learns about the patriarchy. And it's just like, what, you you mean men, men... Men dominate. That, that was yeah. my one of my favorite sequences. What, what film clips was it that they showed? There were there were two like proper films that they showed. The Godfather's referenced a lot in it. The Godfather's it? referenced pretty later on. Um, and then there's it almost a, makes you think that Greta Gerwig had some boyfriend who was obsessed with the Godfather. Pro- probably Godfather's <laughs> a great like you know prime cinema, but I don't really bang on about it to so, the extent that Greta Gerwig's former. I don't know. Fling. Sounds like it. I agree agree with you. I think you did say uh, a few months ago when we were talking about this film that that's Greta Gerwig probably from her era, Film Bros. That's what they were talking about. Yeah. In the same way that when you had the flashback of uh, Kate McKinnon's Barbie having her hair snipped off, it was all Spice Girls and shit. I'm thinking if she had full control, you'd have probably gotten something quite, um, well, a bit more throwbacky for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, the guitar playing to a girl serenading would yeah. be replaced today by someone getting their decks out. Yeah. That's yeah, why 100%, I, feel, I feel like this film was very... That's really depressing. The film was really <laughs> aimed at a kind of two uh, late 90s, 2000s... Yeah. Like, ...female crowd. experience, I thought. Yeah. Because I got a lot of stuff through my sister's being... You know, that was like the height of me remembering my sister's living at home is that around that late 90s, early 2000s. So yeah. a lot of the references mm. Gerwig was making, I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah and it I contrasted totally with like the females playing with Barbie at the time. 
and the, the the guys playing with their Ken. Action men. Yeah. The, the, no sorry, the boy men. playing yeah. with Ken. Yeah. That's the whole joke, isn't it? He's just Ken. Yeah, no one like, gave a it, shit about no. Ken. No personality, no nothing, but Ken's obviously... Ken's just an accessory to Barbie. He's just a boyfriend, man. Ryan Gosling, uh, uh, Simi Lu. Simi Give Lou. that man an Oscar. I think he'll get at least nominated. Give that man an Oscar. I really can't wait for the moment where we see Robert Downey Jr. nominated for a film we're about to talk about. And then Ryan Gosling in the same category and just two very different. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be an amazing <laughs> contrast. I hope in the Os- I hope in the Oscars they actually come on stage for some sort of like. They should do a chopped mashup yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah. So now they show the trailer over the ceremonies to go. Oh, this film, da da da, and they'll like show it. You know. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. should just do a full Barbenheimer mashup. Honestly, really isn't that or does that exist on YouTube? There's got to be someone's made a mashup trailer. They should just pay that person and use it. They've done a lot of memes, a lot of there was posters, clips. yeah. So there's got to um, be like there's got to be videos out there somewhere. Oh, yeah, it's 2023, 100%. someone's done it. Like. Oh, of course. Um, but it's funny we brought up um, our memories of our sisters playing Barbie or growing up around late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. Mm. Um, and we did just mention Mojo Dojo Casa House. Hey! I won't beat my chest again. Um, this film did something on a subtextual level without sounding too pretentious that I thought was fucking genius in that it actually could be viewed as just people playing with toys. Mm. Not in a Toy Story way, but it replicates the experience that we all had, which was, when you think about it, yeah, when your sister was playing Barbie, and I'm, I'm sorry, girls, I've, I've waited on 20 years to say this. Girls never played with Barbie in any way that was kind of cool. They never sent Barbie to space or on an adventure to bring down a corrupt government. The, the it was always Barbie, fucking, though. No, no, it was always fucking come to this my house. because you or have, have a penis tea. between your legs. No, it is because <laughs> we would then be playing with our action men. Yeah. Spider Man and Batman would be fighting against the fucking massive hopper, you know, hopper from Bugs Life. And a massive toy. Of oh, him. I, I know what hopper. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then you come down and see that your sister's having fucking tea parties. And you just throw the Batmobile bit. Like, no, you're playing wrong. And it's like, yeah, but you've just ruined it. Do you know what I mean? The boys will always come along. Boys will be boys, girl, Yeah, but they always come along and ruin everything yeah. when the girls are literally just trying to get on with themselves, have fun. But and that I, wasn't I really the context that. of this film. No, I totally got... I totally think the way that the Ven... The, the Vens? The, the Vens. The Kens <laughs> way they take over, I really do think is that my brother's come along to spoil yeah. my yeah, tea yeah, party. Yeah. yeah. And I got that, yeah, when Toby said that to me, after he's, he's said this to me around the time it came out, I got, I got mad um, Wizard of Oz vibes. Because mm. of the production design in particular. That, but then also the fact she leaves Kansas to go do this thing in yeah. another world. I got that, and then the lessons she learns in the real world, yeah. which then impact how her life is when she returns to Barbie and Land. how she influences others with yeah. that same knowledge that she's like a hundred percent. Wizard of Oz. It was a very Wizard of Oz. It was a massive influence. Uh, I think Greta Gerwig did a letterbox interview a few days before, where because I went in viewing the film entirely differently as a result. Mm. Uh, Wizard of Oz was an influence. Um, singing in the rain, particularly the extended. So it wasn't um, actual. She mentioned Wizard of Oz because I just remember Wizard of Oz, singing in the rain. Thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm getting the Wizard of Oz vibe. Those yeah, dance, yeah. those dance sequences as well. Um, before I go and talk about my one or two nitpicks with the film, um, are definitely from that. Is it got a dance bit from Singing in the Rain? You know that random twenty minute 
dance number at the last half of Singing in the Rain with Sid Charisse, where yeah. it's just ridiculous colour, rid- like extravagant shit, really intense dancing. With the Ken number. Yeah. That was yeah. heavily yeah, influenced. Yeah. That was yeah. very Singing yeah. in the Rain. Um, yeah, so I have a couple of... I don't know if... Nah, we'll leave the nitpicks for later. You talked about production design, right? Do you remember the scene in the Mattel office when Barbie first goes into the Mattel office and sees Will Ferrell and all that. You see, if I were to make this fucking movie, I'd have thought, okay, well, it's corporate office. Just do the most boring-looking fucking thing mm. in the world. Dude, she goes in there, and this thing is painted to look like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. I couldn't mm. even focus on the, the conversation they were having. I'm thinking, that set is fucking... Gorgeous. Beautiful. The I set, think the set got you, yeah. It's a guarantee for um, production design. Oh, 100%. Production design. 100%. Yeah. Um, everything looked really like, going on from your point, everything looked really polished in this film. Everything tangible. looked bright. Didn't you, look artificial either. No, or, no, no, no. And when no. it was artificial, it was done deliberately. Yeah. It was done like, you know, when a stage play is yeah. done, a set is done, you know, a backdrop on a play is done artificially. Really? Exactly. It's the only thing I thought. To it. Um, I won't dive too much into the nitpicks because it was, well, there was the whole brainwashing plot and it's only because I've seen like the Ip Chris file on Her Majesty's Secret Service that I'm like, please give me an explanation. I know I might be slightly problematic, but you could literally just have like the Kens get a ray gun that turns them into bimbo maids. Because I kept scratching my head and thinking, how did the Kens... Actually, what the fuck? Sorry, what? <laughs> sorry, I no, Barbie goes I away, they come back, and all the girls are in fucking like they're all bimbo mindset. Oh, they've been brainwashed. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, I know. What I'm like, yeah, but how? Yeah, well, because they, they started negging them. I would like to have seen that. That was nah. I don't. I don't. To think, be honest, that's no, my I, criticism. To be honest, the film has ten minutes in it. It doesn't need. Which it's an hour sequences? 40. I can't work out where. Yeah. But I feel there was a bit where I went, lost the tiniest bit of interest for about five minutes. Yeah. Mm. And then something happened. I went, oh, I'm back in again. But there, there was this, it, that's the actual only criticism I have of this film. It's so, interesting. You know, it doesn't need to be yeah. an hour, what was it, an hour 57? It's nearly hour 50. Yeah, it's nearly two hours. Yeah, I think that's actually, I think this could have been a 100 minute movie. And so it would have the been two big dance sequences, one of which we've just mentioned, um, for me, I think that's where they could have. I think they should have just had one big one because by the time mm. you get to the second one, it is kind of like, okay, cool, another dance sequence. Okay, I get though, if she was influenced by Singing in the Rain, then she mm. might have wanted to do more than one. And yeah. also sometimes when you do it in a movie where you just have this one random musical sequence, exactly. it feels really weird. I also really wanted to talk about how gender roles from time are imposed on things we love and grew up with them, but we don't have the time. And I'm really sorry, if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, I can tell you, but we don't have the just time. Just tell people to go and read your I will, I will. So shall we move on? Because I'm getting angry looks from the Mesa maid. Um, Stefan, you're not a meter mate. I don't know what else to say. Um, another shit film that we might have seen. Yeah, oh, shit film. I was going to give another honorable. I want to hear, yeah, let's we, hear it, man. Let's we're hear dancing it. between good vibes and bad vibes, man. I'm confused. No, because honorable's not bad. Like, honorable means it just didn't cut for me to be yeah, the best. Yeah, but I've got, I oh, know we were talking about a good thing just now. Yeah. Ah, so we're still, it's a good thing. Yeah, we're still, we're still on good vibes, yeah, okay. man. Yeah, let's, let's, let's be vibes. good. Let's, let's carry let's on Let's hear be, another honourable, man. I'm going to go with Talk To Me. 
Yeah, I didn't see that. Right now, I know I that to. that's now uh, recently come to Netflix. I yeah. still have, I still have, um, uh, obviously plans to watch that. But I know that you were quite impressed with the film. It's the first time in a long time where someone has made a contemporary horror movie about teens where I actually gave a shit about the characters. They made me laugh. Right. It was stylistically great. It took contemporary themes of people, you know, would rather get their phone out and record something than help. Mm. It, it tackled that in a way that didn't seem like a superficial producer's view of it. This was, you know, the guys who uh, made the movie were originally YouTube content creators. Oh, right? really? Okay. So okay. they've kind of taken the social media age element of it really well, but then they've also mixed in the typical horror movie, uh, MacGuffin or Curse or... You know, the, the ring or the box or whatever that's something, you know, the ring is the table. The cursed that's, object, yeah. Yeah, the cursed yeah. object thing really well. But then also blended it like there was real NOS. It was almost like they were treating NOS, the idea that there's a hippie crack of one minute. Nitrous oxide. One minute, yeah. you know, the nitrous oxide thing, mm. where there's one minute hit. And in that time, you're out of control. It's really weird, but because the way they're treating the curse when they're doing it is like they get high out of it. Yeah, they're all. So it actually the made sense right. as to why the fuck you would want to mess around with something that's potentially it, it, evil or dangerous or cursed. It gives you an up. Whereas yeah. in a lot of movies, you're like, well, why are you doing that? Why like are you Ouija. playing with the Ouija board? Mm, yeah. Like, why? Why? And the fact that it's Australian, I think. Is probably one of the pluses. Probably gives it some kind yeah, of character. Yeah, like all the characters in it. Um, That's what intrigued me. Yeah. There's characters you like, there's characters you don't like, but they all seem relatable as in they do exist in the real world. Um, If you guys haven't seen Talk To Me, I'd just say that. Yeah, honourable mention for me for the year. I'll watch it over Christmas. Um, Whereas weird horror movie that I thought was in my best, which will then lead me into one of my worst films of the year. I'm going to do a little segue with this. Sure. Because I don't think any of you have got this. I really enjoyed Infinity Pool. I regret not seeing it. It's one that I didn't watch either. Yeah, um, uh, Infinity Pool, Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son. The son of Cronenberg. Yeah, and what I said was, <laughs> like father, like son, I wonder what Christmas is like with the Cronenbergs. Because yeah. this film is bloody weird. It's got all the body horror. It also fits into this new genre. It's not very new, but it's kind of had a resurgence of rich people bad. Yeah. Triangle Sadness, The Menu, Ready or Not, Salt Burns apparently as well has this kind of theme in it. Yeah, I it is rich people are bad. What do you mean? I know everyone I know that wants to go and see Saltburn. It's like um, at work a few weeks ago. It's all these posh kids being like, "Oh, I went to go and see Saltburn," and then you watch the trailer and it's like, "Oh yes, come to Saltburn." I'm like, you know what? No, but it's shitting on. It's one of those. Oh, look what twisted, fucked up rich people are, and that's what I mean about this genre where it is shitting on rich people because it kind of the bullied and clubs. You know the the the, the rumor they had about David Cameron and the pig. You know, rumor, what yeah. they get up... Well, I don't, I don't know, you know. And it's not, it's, it's a rumour. No, it's not, a rumour. It's not a political podcast, so I don't fucking talk about that. But this film, Infinity Pool, fits into this genre that's emerged recently, mm. which is ironically made by people who seem to feel are probably Part champagne socialists. Yeah. In oh, the it, 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 but with Infinity Pool that saves it, mm. Brandon Cronenberg knows... That he's getting the nepo, the nepo baby thing finger pointed at him, and this film is almost self-aware at poking fun at it. 
Oh, okay. that's pretty good. Then. And that's he almost addresses it and goes, yeah, I know my dad sorted me out. And this film's got characters like that who are shit, but not everyone's shit. And you know what? I'm going to address the thing I'm getting mocked for. Alexander Skarsgård actually puts a really good performance into this. He's a class Mia Goff man. is always great. Yeah. I've never really been disappointed by Mia Goff Likewise, so yeah. far. Class acts. And um, I would strongly recommend Infinity Pool soundtrack too. Really great. Cinematography's awesome. Some of the lighting effects and the additional cast in it. And the overall premise is just, it's another one of those, every year I get one of these movies, the Titane or uh, Raw or some kind of, you know, movie where it's artsy, weird, pervy, twisted film. Dark Tales sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and yeah. I get one of those every year that I usually like. I mean, there's been a years where it's been missing and that's largely because of like mainstream movies that will push these things out of the way. But this was my one for this year. So my weird, artsy twisted erotic maybe even you know challenging film of the year would be infinity pool so that's why i've put it in my best five oh, now nice. horror also really pissed me off this year oh i i, th- I think i know do i know what you're gonna touch me on and alex, a- oh. me and alex went to see this film yeah we did and i fucking hated evil and dead rise it's on my worst five as well Let you me put just- it in yours yeah, of course Oh I did, man. Guy, come on, man. come on. People really praised it. It's got rave reviews, and nah. I watched it and thought, nah. Cut four scenes out of this film, and it's got fuck all to do with Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like a film where they had a film and then they shoehorned a few bits into it. The Necronomicon is literally just dashed in, like later, like you made a soup and it's shit, so you've poured some salt in it to make it actually taste like something. And it doesn't marinate properly, let me tell you. No, this movie is fucking awful. Like, I hated it. The gore is great. The practical effects are pretty awesome too. Yeah. But unlike something like The Thing, where there's way more than just the practical effects going on, there's mood, there's tension, there's suspense. Story! 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 Story. This movie... I don't know what it did to deserve it. I think that there's a main performance by the mother character in it. Yeah. Who's really good. She's actually one of the redeeming parts of the film. Yeah, I'd definitely. Say. She was actually but all right. But the kids, oh God, it's so someone went on Twitter or Reddit and went, people are assholes. That's right, people are assholes. So Toby, me and Stefan actively uh, looked at each other multiple times throughout this film. There was a 10 minute mark where we both just went, this is going to be shit. This is going to be bad. The the child, the the children actors just did not deliver on, in any sense. No, not at all. The kids, the kids were terrible. There was this son, which actually, the way in which the Necronomicon is, you know, brought into the film, which, you know, in previous ones, someone reads the Necronomicon Someone accidentally plays a cassette of someone reading it. Mm. In this one, because the son is a DJ, he finds vinyls with the Necronomicon recorded on it. And the way he accidentally puts it on, which unleashes the curse, makes sense because he's looking for like a sample for his track. So there are these little glimmers of ideas in it, but it's really unsatisfying in general. It's just not executed very well at all. And the timing as well, the pacing of this film, In I don't know if you felt the same way, Stefan, um, but in the first maybe half an hour to 40 minutes, I felt like the pacing was actually okay. 
but as you know, the chaos starts happening and um, the characters start realizing what's actually going on. I feel like it starts to try and become a few different films, and it just lost me by that point. Mm, I also honest. think the setting of the apartment block, the high rise, yeah, <laughs> it was thing. done so. It was just so generic. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, it's a bit creepy because it's old. Whereas I've seen other films where they take like they make a synthetic white or or, or um, Candyman, where it's a rundown that's the one I was modern thinking of. like yeah. that. That's really interesting. Whereas this kind of looks like a haunted house, mm. but someone's taken a block of uh, a massive building block apartments and then dressed it up as a haunted house. Yeah. So it never really has its own identity. So, I, I, yeah, man, I, I don't really know what else to say. I'm glad we both like... share it as a, as a worst yeah, film man. of this year. On a basic level, because this is just the bare minimum I expect from a horror film, mm. when people died, did you guys enjoy it? No, because everything else about it. If the, if the kills were in something else, fuck yeah, and the kills are great, and some of them are really awesome and tasty and very gruesome. Yeah. But for me, horror isn't. I know for you, but for no, me, I'm horror saying has when, a lot more to it. Then. But this is what I'm saying. It's not just on a visual level, but well, when people died, did you enjoy it? Take Talk to Me the same year, because it had the weight and like actual stuff going on, there is one moment in it which is super fucked and go. rings way truer. It's less gory than Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. But as a result, it's actually better because of where the, it's been positioned, the setup and everything. Whereas in Evil Dead Rise, yes, gory as hell and there's some gross out stuff. But because everything that comes before it and after it, just don't really care. Yeah, the deaths didn't feel impactful at all. It uh, sounds like it's overcompensating. If you have one <laughs> film that's incredibly gory and making you feel nothing and the other is doing a lot more with a lot less. Very much so. This mm. film sounds like on basic face value, a failure. I wouldn't recommend it. There's also it. a monster villain, whatever you want to call it, at the end, which is literally just introduced out of nowhere. Oh, I oh but it. here is a monster to give the movie it's a like finale. They, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is, it is exactly that. And oh. Like the cart chase at the end of Bram Stoker's Dracula. That no, that's probably better yeah. than this. Let me be honest <laughs> with you. This was this was a travesty, this ended. You know what? I, I didn't like it. Yeah, it's, it's in my, my, it's in my five. five. And then the other one, there's another monster. Why is there so many monster movies I hated this year? Because oh. it was a shit year for Meg horror. Meg 2. Oh, yes. Oh, you were really looking forward to that. Two, no, what I wanted was a movie in which a giant shark eats people. You didn't get that. No, I got like a knockoff Jurassic Park weird thing with loads of people drama. Do you know what sucks about King Kong versus Godzilla? Everything. The people. Well, I like it, okay? So, you know, that's the my sh- opinion. The Good human humor. aspect. But the yeah. human aspect yeah. is like garbage. Yeah. Let's... Do that for the most of a film about giant killer sharks. And that's all, all the words this film deserves because it, it could potentially be the worst film of the year. How long is this film? Too long for what it is as well. <laughs> it's like an hour 50 and a shark monster bloody, you know, uh, watch the people get eaten movie. Like, I don't know, Anaconda. Anaconda's like 80 minutes. This film is half an hour too long and you get about 15 minutes of actual sharks in it. That is that is appalling. Yeah, I, and it's personally... Ben Wheatley as well. And that's what's weird. And it feels like Ben Wheatley turned up to collect a check so he can go make his next 
weird independent shit. weird movie. Yeah. yeah, he just wanted that box office money, but it didn't make. It really did. Big... It's China because that's the other film thing. The film has so much dialogue in China and that that you feel like why don't they just make the film Chinese and complete like oh, the whole really? film oh, that Chinese. Was in Chinese. Yeah, all yeah. of it should have been Chinese. Jason Statham shouldn't have even been in there. Just make a Chinese movie about giant sharks instead of trying to pander to both America and China. Because I know that that it was partially financed by Chinese production companies. Sure, yeah. And there are moments in the dialogue is in Chinese. But at that point, I'd much rather have just watched a Chinese shark movie yeah. than have this 50-50 weird mashup where Jason Statham's in it and is really underutilized. Yeah, okay, there's a cool bit where he throws dynamite trident at a megalodon. A dynamite <laughs> trident? Yeah, he throws it like a, like a javelin of How dynamite. He, he straps bombs to the javelin and then and throws, throws it at the shark. Oh, but they maintain the tri-shape. So it's no, like no, no. I meant Trident because I like you know. Okay. Listen, spearfish. I've not seen the film. At, not no, seen no, the no, film. No, no, At no. the end of the day, Jason Statham's just having fun, isn't it? He's having fun. Is he having fun? Well, it looked like he having fun. I I don't think anyone was having. I had so. Do you know what? I had so little fun. Mm. that no one else involved in this film is allowed to have Damn, fun. so you had that effect on it. Jesus. I went to see it on a whim and even the what, half bottle of white wine that I had barely helped me with this. <sighs> and this was meant to be my like Thursday night off and it was just... Your Thursday night on. Instead, you were very much on. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was off like food goes off. So guys, I want to go. I want to go back to one of my one of my top fives. That I feel like should be fitted into this episode. I'd I, 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 fit I'd fitted in. I'd be quite upset fitted if in. it wasn't. It should yeah. be fitted. It should be into fitted in, into. into. Oh, okay, cool. I got physically confused. into. No, the 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 maths are fucking me up. But it's funny that you it's, use that word. It's into. grammar. It's maths. Carry on. Because <laughs> the first the first iteration. Of this, uh, of this, uh, we fucked you up there totally. Yeah, You're struggling yeah, to talk now. Yeah, fitting into <laughs> sorry, now. sorry, man. Like, <laughs> just take a deep breath and go. So the first iteration of this film. It's funny that you mentioned Into because Into the Spider Verse was the first film. It was. However, the second film across the Spider Verse. That is in one of my top five. It is in mine as well. It didn't make didn't make my honourable mentions or my best. Really? I think that is uh, based on... Um, I love the first one. Radical, by the way. radical ideas that you've been possessed by. No, I think that it was far too long and it lost me. Okay, you know what? I agree with you Animation there. style per is so crazy and exciting and it like it's almost like it has ADHD. It's so like chaotic and fun and vibrant and colourful and awesome mm. that it actually kind of made me almost over, like it exhausted me. No, 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 so but it, I, I completely yeah. understand where Otherwise, you're coming from. I think I probably would have loved this movie if it was about 30 minutes. No, I mean, it was two hours. If it was a two hour runtime, as opposed to it being two the longest, it is the longest animated film ever, isn't yeah. it? Yes, it yeah. is. Uh, Western animation. It shows film. to me at least. Yeah, um, but I know. Go on, man. I don't. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with you about the length time. I was one of the, I was one of the people that came out of this film also saying that I felt like the film could have shaved off maybe twenty to twenty five minutes and it would have actually benefited from it. But I think what it, the the aspect that I loved most about this film that it developed on from the first film was 
the kind of emotional family aspect of it. Uh, I felt like the characters were introduced in Into the Spider-Verse and they were done in such a such a great way that you really understood Miles's plight in obviously trying to balance, obviously what Peter Parker also balances, being Spider-Man while also trying to live a normal life as a, as a normal kid. Peter Parker doesn't have to balance being black though. I want to say that for you New York niggas out there, man. We know. We know Miles is balancing different shit. Right, okay. So- is he half Hispanic? He is. Ah, they're still niggas, isn't it? He's half Hispanic. He's half black. I, I'm I, just pandering to my uh, African American audience that I have. I was just going to say, isn't it even harder because he's, you know, he's actually got a harder thing by being not quite from either community. Like the experience of being mixed race is a lot harder than being just black. It Man, is. It's, it's, because it, you kind of you have the issue where you might not ever be seen by both communities. It's definitely a battle of like both. when it comes to. You know, I know this is a minor part of it, but it, when it comes to like being both, was he like Puerto Rican? He's lit, um, yes, he's Puerto, half Puerto Rican, half, half Puerto Rican, and half, half like black. Yeah, black. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's got to be a real crisis of identity and prejudice and stuff. And you know, it is, but it wasn't explored. I don't feel like they that. haven't explored that side of things as much. The way they've decided to present Miles Morales as a character has been much more with the kind of um, empowering, positive uh, slant on things. Oh, definitely. So the depiction of his family life has always been quite um, deliberately atypical. So he's yeah. not from a broken home, do you know what I mean? He's got a strong father, strong mother, mm. good values. He's not um, a stereotype, that's not for sure. No, not at not all. Not at all. Yeah. Other than in the video game when he's followed by a constant trap beat, then it's hard to argue. But um, that's also, yeah, Spider-Verse is on my top five as well. Um, I liked how they added more depth or deepened the characters. Um, there are certain plot lines that I know are coming because of what they set up. And I'm very excited for. I was really excited as well. Excited so as well, whatever. I was also very excited by what they did with certain characters, specifically um, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. Oh, he, he was a vicious, he was a vicious uh, villain. And what film, they what they turned him, but also the fact that he's coming from a similar place as the other Spider-Man about how you're going to lose something, man. Not black and white. There was there was grey. Grey, yeah, yeah. Again. Not the best villain for me. I just dis- no for me. No, like mate, you're it's... allowed. We're allowed to disagree on yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I of genuinely, we can have disagreements. I was disappointed by the movie, and I don't want to keep harping on about it. But I, for someone who fell in love with the first one, I was a bit underwhelmed and just a bit. I think one of the reasons that might have been, like you, like you had mentioned before, is that. I won't lie to you. Across the Spider Verse, there did feel like there was a lot of elements being mashed in and they tried to kind of balance everything on top of each other, where Into the Spider-Verse was a lot more of just a kind of like linear, linearish plot. I think the, the addition... The world, of, there was a lot more world building, Yeah, yeah, yeah. There? And yeah. the addition of the multiverse and all the different alternate I'm also done. Spi- I'm just done with multiverses as well. I get that. So I think that was one of the stronger elements of this film. But I've been beaten over the head with the whole multiverse. Thing. Yeah, I know. There's the it's multiverse a, fatigue thing, but it's probably a shame that you had Doctor Strange before that, and they didn't do that well. Do and everything, also, everywhere, all at once. The, yeah. Did this come out before Guardians? Yes, it did. No, no. Guardians came out May. This came out start of June, didn't it? Right. Maybe. Uh, it's, right, no, you're right. right. Did it come out after Ant Man? 
Yeah, our man was February. Right, maybe a superhero fatigue for me. Generally. Possibly, generally. possibly, yeah. Which makes your argument completely My only comment on the length is that, um, and this is one of my... So originally this wasn't part of my top five um, because I agree it is slightly too long. Uh, they were originally going to make it part one and part two. Yeah. And you can kind of tell, but the part one you have here feels like a full movie that has a finale and a climax and then an epilogue that sets up the next film, which is about half an hour longer. Yeah. Um, mm. I did go to the toilet during a scene later on in the film where Gwen was seeing her dad again because I knew what was going on, but also had been drinking. And I kind of just let it happen to me, you know, the last hour. I was kind of passive with it. The reason it really got into my, like, I had to mention it is because I genuinely believe it's one of the most beautiful fucking works of art as an animated film. Yeah, totally. Um, Can't take that away. And I think yeah. that it, it, it didn't patronise its audience. Um, it took the source material as seriously as it could without mm. necessarily, mm. you know, forgetting that younger kids are probably going to come and see this because it's an animated film. Um and I think if I just have to put my pretentious film hat on, there's a film that I know is in all our top fives later on that I've got in my top five for similar reasons as Spider-Verse because it is just... Good cinema. Yeah. yeah. As flawed as it is and as much as the there are valleys, for me, the peaks far outweigh the valleys. I had a really, I had a really good time. I, again, with me, like I've mentioned to you guys before with a lot of our other choices... Uh, this year, uh, a lot of it has been about the experience for me with a lot of these films, yes. how I've felt in the moment. Take the film out of it, the atmosphere, the, the the people around you, how, you know, the different emotions, you know, going through going through the films. And Across the Spider-Verse was definitely one of those that hit me at a lot of different levels. Um, agreeing with you again, I feel like part this should should have been serving as a part one i feel like it could have ended at where part one could have ended yeah. but the epilogue part just dragged on a bit too long but beside other than that besides that i felt like the different clashes and uses of styles was something that i've haven't seen before in a There's some in yellow submarine film. level going yeah. animation going yeah. on as far as like pop art being thrown at different you know live action yeah. here and net like um why am I forgetting his name? Donald uh, Glover. Donald Glover. Yeah, yeah. Donald Glover's intro Cameo. insert yeah, into funny. this film was actually something that I thoroughly enjoyed. Again, things you didn't really fucking expect. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's one of the ones in my top five. I wonder if we'll still hold the film in its high regard once the second one comes out. Or the that first. was the thing I felt where, do you ever watch Deathly Hallows Part 1 as much as you watch Deathly Hallows Part 2? Not as much, but I'm a massive but defender where, of... No, yeah. no, no, I agree, but that's where I feel like the next one will maybe... Be the one that we watch going forward. Yeah, and yeah. saturates this one a little bit. The conversation, yeah. Um, other just quick, I'll do quick honourable mentions... Because I'm sure you have a couple more, but we gotta get to the big, big topic, the best, the, our best film of the year. Mm. But then um, I also feel conscious of time. Uh, I also thought the new Mission Impossible was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's got an honourable for me. Um, I, I really think that. they're starting to, or they have been lifting quite a bit from specific Bond films. 
as much as I appreciate it. So it holds it back for me just a little bit. But well, I preferred yeah. it to No Time to Die. So that's the thing where I think Good for it's... You, yeah, man. no, man. Good for you. That was... like it, it does the Bond quippy fun, but then the deep darkness and the world threat and everything yeah. better than I thought some of the Bond films do. I'm here if you and need to talk. And it's painful. I'm here if you need to talk. Yeah. I'm, nah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sick, mate. I'm sure <laughs> but yeah, that. I'm sure uh, the killer... I thought it was awesome. Still haven't Enjoyed watched it. Yet. Really yeah, did. I still haven't yeah. watched it. I man. just think David Fincher, even his worst films, are really good. So yeah. it's got a good, decent performance by uh, Michael Fassbender. Tilda Swindon's in it. Really, really good. They're both really good in it. And even the people that are in it briefly, uh, great. And it's one of these films that's kind of twisting and turning, but then is also a very simple narrative, which is why I kind of don't think it gets to my best. I heard cinematography was spot on for that film. Oh, well. yeah, but that's yeah. Dave, David Fincher doesn't put out anything that doesn't look or feel yeah. good. He's a master at that. Yeah. 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 So I have two films that were actually part of my top five, but I know no one wants to talk about Indiana Jones and the Dollar Destiny here. That didn't fit into my top five. It fitted my top five. That f- didn't I, didn't go anywhere I had a weird me. fucking summer, yeah? That film saved my life. I nearly cried on many occasions. Saw it again the second time and was happy that my opinion was relatively unchanged. In your defense, is that because you're a massive Indie Indiana fan, yeah, Jones fan, yeah? yeah? No, it, that, it, and that's it, cool, man. I, like, it did with the character what I wanted. Every A lot of people, I think, wanted it to be an action film. He's 80. You have three fucking amazing films from the 80s where he does all those things. They're not going anywhere. If you mm. want to watch Temple of Doom, go watch Temple of Doom. If you want to make Indie 5, do something new with it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and also... it kind of drove home what was missing with Crystal Skull, which was the balls, the bite, innocent people dying, the brutality. Yeah, man. it was quite quite yeah. dark in places, Yeah, wasn't it? Crystal yeah. Skull is like, oh, oh. Very neutered. Yeah. Crystal know? Skull is like the light version. It's a kid's film. It's not yeah. even bad. Yeah. It's just kind of, it leaves you wanting. I think there's a turning point with Crystal Skull, which is there's they go to find this grave with Mutt, Shia LaBeouf's character, and then it's all downhill from there. Yeah, I think so. I think the first sort of 35, 40 minutes of the film... It's actually all right, yeah. and then it just kind of goes down. And I don't even mind the nuke in the fridge scene because it's Indiana Jones, and he does loads of mad shit. It's creative. Yeah, it's just an action yeah. sequence, Bear in mind, in this it? film, they go back in time to ancient Rome and take a B-52 with them. So I think that yeah, definitely you blew can, the you ceiling can, off. You can get... I mean, um, the fact that the Nazis open the Ark of the Covenant is bloody ridiculous anyway so you know if you're gonna hate on other like hate on hate on the beginning of the shit man yeah hate from the start because even that's just bonkers and very quickly creed 3 i thought was the top gun maverick of boxing films uh i uh, have that on my honorable yeah yeah is that an honorable yeah, thing? i didn't see it awesome. so i'm gonna go watch it now michael b jordan yeah he's got a long career ahead of him as a director some of the yeah. best some of the best uh boxing, boxing fights scenes. I've seen, yeah uh, scenes and I've seen also cinema, uh yeah it didn't quite just follow the um, referencing back to the previous Rocky films. Mm. They do actually tell a fairly new story with this one, as much as there are parallels to Rocky Three. Mm. Um, and yeah, Jonathan Majors is amazing in this film. Oh, he's a scene stealer. Um, unfortunately, scene stealer. he did what he did, or has been accused of what he's been accused of. Well, it doesn't change the performance. No, you know? but doesn't he play like a bad guy in this? He does, but it's because um... that's always the thing I find. Like watching Seven is really easy for me. 
Spacey. Because Spacey, like... I'm Spacey like, never yeah. played a good guy in movies. I don't know why we were so surprised. He's a bad guy, yeah. you know? He's a bad guy. House of Cards. <laughs> House of Cards raises many a flag. <laughs> Jesus. Toby, I don't feel like you've said enough films that you really hate. No. I don't know, man. I went through my letterbox diary and I put 2023 and I realised that I kind of saw a lot of the shit coming and didn't bother with it. Like, you lot went and saw Exorcist Believer. Let's not talk about it. I didn't actually I do that see it in the cinemas. I saw it on streaming. Oh, good for you, man. Uh, do you remember that And film? I barely watched it. I had, like, my phone in my hand. Don't worry. I won't judge you if you watch the full thing. No. My favourite... I'll say this one thing is there is the moment where all the religions team up. Oh, oh no. And, oh, no. That's my, very nice. And what I wanted was if they'd slow-mo walked through the door like the Avengers. Oh, that would have made movie could have No, this movie could have turned from... Bad to like hilarious because it's literally a priest, a rabbi, and a mom walking to a bar. It's like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, Do you remember that fucking movie, uh, Cock at the Nabbing, that we saw in oh, February? No. Cock at the Nabbing? It's actually called Knock at the Cabin. Oh, but there the film, we go. The yeah. film was so fucking bad that immediately <laughs> afterwards I was just like, yeah, so Cock at the Nabbing, yeah. You guys saw that together again. Well, we M9, did. M9 we didn't hold hands. You guys had a lot of dates. We did, we did hold hands. No, we did not. Um, wow, the toxic masculinity. I'm, I'm defending yeah. something. Here. Uh, it's okay to hold hands. Yeah. Um, in other cultures, they do. It's only in England where we get hung up about holding Nigerians hands. Nigerians don't hold and hands. And in Poland. <laughs> uh, Poland, they don't hold hands. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they don't hold hands in Poland. Uh, but. God, that feels a fact. Is that M. Night Shyamalan's latest? That was why we yeah. went. I think we went to see it because Dave Batista yeah. and M. Night Shyamalan. It kind of looks Shyamalan, Shyamalan. Rupert Grint is in it. Really? For yeah, not as long as... No, he's, he's barely in it, bro. He's barely yeah. in it. Oh, okay. Um, That's actually big criticism I had with it was all the deaths take place off screen, including Rupert Grint. Yeah. Like, they don't show... I remember someone on Letterboxd leaving decent deaths and I went, what? Like, right. I remember reading it going, I don't... No one, I didn't see anyone I die. Thought, I thought that was partially the purpose why this was rated a 15. Could have been a 12, eh, mate? It felt very, Damn. very tame. Maybe the subject matter was the thing that made it a what? bit, in the sense, you know, like the in, uh, impending dread. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, you know, that whole and thing. And it's unintentionally of one of them. End of the world, you know, that could be quite intense for younger viewers. Sure. But also the fact that they talk about religious attitudes towards gay people no. yeah while also managing to be slightly one of the most homophobic films <laughs> unintentionally because literally these guys yeah they're two they're a gay couple this daughter they go to the cabin and all we know about their characters is that they're gay yeah and they've received a lot of shit from family and friends for being gay i don't know what they do for a living you don't know one of them was a one was a lawyer or, something, oh. or an activist or something which made it worse something very I, generic because oh. it made it like seem <laughs> it's like did you feel more sorry for it's him? like someone no someone googled gay literally <laughs> made a film about literally that's what it felt like. It was like, what do gay gay? So what's what's <laughs> the what's the what's the selling like, what's the selling point of this? Film? They go to the fucking cabin. They it's have like, weird conversations. It's like a home invasion. That's what we thought we were getting was yeah. a home invasion movie with a twist. Yeah, and the twist was interesting to say the least. You, I don't know if you guys want to tell me on record or off record. I, can't I, I don't remember. mind if you guys. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck you for going to see this film, right? <laughs> what okay. was the twist? I can't <laughs> fuck remember. Fuck this film. The whole film is 
Basically, these people who are the four horsemen of the apocalypse oh, turn yeah, up at their house and basically say, if you do not kill your partner, uh, you have to sacrifice your love, right? Your, your, your other half, so your gay lover, partner, husband. Right? You have to sacrifice them or the world will end. Oh, my God. Which almost like instigates the theme that like Toby says homophobic and says that God hates gays. So he has so chosen these gays. So you have to kill gays. your gay, gay partner to stop the end of the world. And if you don't, you're a selfish gay. This film is not <laughs> targeted at me in the slightest. I don't think it's targeted at anyone, May. I think it's targeted at your fucking money. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even... I think it's M. Night Shyamalan thinking he's making something really intelligent and thought-provoking. Yeah. And then also contemporary with themes, you know, that we have now. Sure, yeah. And instead, it is... A fucking car wreck of a movie. What a disappointment. I don't hate it as much as... 65. No, no, 65 again. I think Ant-Man or Evil Dead Rise are the films I hate this year. Yeah. Mm. Meg 2 just sucks because it doesn't do what it's meant to deliver on. 65 is lazy. Like I think that is the big point of it. Whereas... And Cocaine Bear was just pants. This, <laughs> this is... This is more in the... For me, this is more in, close to, like, cocaine bear. Yeah. It's pants. What's going yeah. on here? Who cares? You don't understand the film. You I don't understand don't, it. You don't, don't see the reason it. behind don't see it. The reason. So, so you don't really need to give it a rating. M. Night Shyamalan was like, do you know what I haven't done in my movie? I've done ghosts. I've done the, the plants attacking people. you got that chicken I can have some gay men and the Bible. And then there's these scenes where the world events happen and you're like, who the fuck is filming that? The TV people. Yeah, it's the TV man. Don't upset the TV people. There's a moment where people. a tsunami kills someone and yeah. they're filming on their phone. You're like, well, how did you recover that phone? <laughs> I sat it's there and it's like, a magic waterproof phone that finds yeah, itself. Survives this type of thing. The phone case was waterproof. I don't know, but there was loads of stuff in it that you're like, what? Right, I changed my mind. I want to watch this for comedic purposes only. Well, I, I like, you'll put this film on. It's not like The <laughs> Happening or... What's one of his other films that's really funny? Like his signs funny. After Earth is not funny. It's just bad. I refuse to watch that. Oh, that's just bad. Signs no, Signs actually is a decent movie. That's like before he starts getting really shit. Sure, yeah, yeah. A Lady in the Water's pretty funny because of the self-insert genius writer character that is played oh, by himself. Okay. And you're watching going really like every night on the nose it's like stephen king every protagonist of his is a writer yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is like i'm this misunderstood writer and it's like yeah you're misunderstood mate sure so no cock at the nabbing for me not or, for you maybe Dave for is all right isn't it? he he will be continuing his career yeah because he's film, a good actor this film kind of shows that he can act Whilst ever and the kid's good in it actually. Yeah, yeah, the child I'll give is really decent. In the, da it. the daughter, yeah, yeah, yeah. the adopted mm. Asian daughter, which also feels like an offensive stereotype because they adopt the her from her guys, country, don't they? Yeah, two gay guys who adopt an Asian child, and it's like they want to be pro progressive, isn't it? No, yeah, but it's, it's like, like you know Brad, the celebrity Brad baby Angel thing. Brad and Angelina, <laughs> let's go to Africa and get a baby. Oh, like, it feels God. like that. It's really this film. Almost feels like someone thought it would be really progressive, and instead just did the complete opposite. I wonder Man. what his social circle is like. Him like Shaman. I, I who I does he know that? I don't think he has any friends. Any friends? Nah. Well, he has money. He's never met a human being in his life. According <laughs> to the dialogue in his films, everyone talks like they're like. I remember old. 
right? That film about the beach where everyone oh, gets Oh, yeah, home. yeah, yeah. Well, the children in there talk like... AI the script. <laughs> I think M. Night Shyamalan has been using AI generated dialogue from before chat GBT existed. We've been here all along. For years. Yeah, he's been doing it. <laughs> or maybe he is AI. He's a robot. He's the M. Trojan Night horse. M. Night Shyamalan AI? Yeah. You, you look at you look at um Sixth Sense, it's like a good Spielberg movie. Mm. And it's like someone basically typed write a Spielberg movie into into M. Night's head. And we got that. And he made that. And then it's a, this one was progressive gay movie around the end of the world. And AI wrote it. Man. That's a USP or a tagline selling point logline. Progressive gay movie about the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> you can sell any fucking movie like that. Get that on a poster. You know trust I mean? me. <laughs> anyway, shall we end this yeah, edition by talking about... It's funny you say end. End. Because there is a end in this film oh somewhere? yeah for a certain like population right well, what the fuck are you talking about the end about? of mankind is yeah. essentially oh the ending of the end of this film and the ending of us uh-huh. yes yeah I get you what film is it by the way Oppenheimer ah there we go Christopher Nolan's latest epic and I think arguably his best movie potentially I'm, I'm not, not disagreeing huge, I, think I don't it's like Tenet I don't like Tenet Interstellar is long and very okay for me inceptions inceptions yeah. good but it's not hmm. it's nah, not it's a banger bro no no nah, nah, for me it's, no but his favorite is favorite yeah, like, oh, okay. i'm saying this is my favorite chris nolan movie yeah. maybe other than memento or dark knight okay yeah yeah i watched insomnia because i saw um oppenheimer, oppenheimer yeah and Insomnia is the type of movie where, because it's Christopher Nolan, it could have just been a standard procedural cop film. But he elevates he it. He elevates it with mood and atmosphere and gets really good performances out of Al Pacino and Robin Williams. And that would be my biggest accusation or accolade about Oppenheimer is the fact that anyone else... Bruh, you got most of the planet to go sit in the cinema peak of July and watch a three-hour drama about quantum physics. Awesome. How was it? How? Everyone's in it, by the way, as well. You're watching it, you're like, I remember those, is it Benny Safdie? One of the Safdie brothers turns up, I was just like, okay. And then Matt Matt Damon. Matt Damon's in it, Jack Quaid's in it. Casey Affleck pops up. Gary Oldman pitches up at once. As President Truman. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) it is stacked. Tom Conti plays Einstein. Josh Peck from Drake and Josh. Josh Peck's in this movie. (laughs) Literally, bro. Josh Hartnett's in this movie. Oh, man. You know when you watch old movies, like those old (laughs) David Lee epics, and then like every motherfucker is an A-lister, like Peter O'Toole. Anthony Quinn this is some David Lean level filmmaking it's epic it's epic in every sense Mm. of the fucking word and who would have thought that the best part of a film about the guy that invented the nuke would be after the Trinity test yeah yeah the third act of this film is an absolute we overuse that word um, powerhouse Mm. but it is a powerhouse of filmmaking man that third act it's such an amazing thing to get two films that are regarded as epic greatest movies of the year, both have court scenes. One do it really boring and unconvincingly in Killers of the Flower Moon, yes. and then have Oppenheimer do it in a way which is exciting, nerve-wracking, and almost um, 
made me think of the kind of Aaron Sorkin-esque mm. dramas in courtrooms or even To Kill a Mockingbird with um, Gregory Peck. Yeah. You know? And I think it was the fact that it leaned into the less naturalistic elements. So the whole thing of him being tormented by the... By the effects yeah. of what he's built, basically. You know, yeah. when... Um, What's his name? Fucking John Connor, Planet of the Apes. Jason name? Clark. That's it. Mm. Jason Clark's railing in on him, and that could have been just some dude shouting. But instead, it's one of the most intense fucking things Do I've ever seen in my though? life. Because, like, I was having this experience in the cinema while watching that whole sequence, um, practically and basically in the third act. It felt like it was a song and dance. It was building up to a crescendo. And every single sequence that they were interrogating him and more evidence was being produced, it felt like we were getting close to a climax. Oh, it was ramping up. It yeah, reminded yeah. me of, like, a drum and bass drop very interesting literally it was raising and raising and raising and like we're, we're, in particular i've used drum and bass for example it's so it can be so long mm. it can go on for ages and this does the build-up is so long and builds and builds and almost it's the kind of uh hitchcock thing of a bomb going off in a bar is not exciting, but one person knowing there's a bomb under the table and not knowing when it's going to go off, that's suspense. Yeah. Yeah. And to have this suspense scene. And I'm really happy to see Robert Downey Jr. actually be able to flex real acting ability instead of, I'm going to play a fun, light-hearted version of me, which he has had to do for a while. For a while now. He was amazing. Even in Doolittle, he's kind of having... And Sherlock, it's still not... I like the Sherlock Holmes films. I don't know. I don't mind the Sherlock Holmes films. I just think we got a massive overload of Sherlock-themed things. Oh, definitely. I still haven't bothered with the... um... Cumberbatch series. Have you not? I know because it's the I like it first. Me neither. Yeah, okay. I saw the Ryan back fall because I was like, well, how are they going to do that in real life? And he literally just jumped off a building and splattered. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah, I think the, the earlier moments of the Sherlock show are very good. Sure. But it is one of those things you could actually sit down and go, well, it's very convenient and does everything. And his powers of deduction are actually ridiculous. Mm. Superhuman. Super, superhuman for sure. But um, no, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Like this is why I said Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Gosling. Gosling yeah, yeah. We have a real hard time trying to decide who gets best supporting for that. Yeah, for me, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in this film, he was quite terrifying. That you think? he's nasty. Yeah, he's it a he's a bad guy. Come really on. reminded me of Amadeus. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever seen Amadeus? I haven't, but I know of the... Um, Wait, I know the story, the story. Yeah. Salieri yeah. trying to tear down Mozart. Yeah. That was really... It was I, a massive I, influence on this. I family. noticed that when I was watching it and the fact that it's kind of a MV insecurity, I'm going to tear this man down. And he's already... Is he already dead at this point? No. Um, he's still alive. Yeah, because the... What? In Amadeus or in Oppenheimer? In Oppenheimer. <laughs> in Oppenheimer. No, because remember the end scene, um, you finally figure out, and the, I love how it illustrates his narcissism in that he thought Einstein and Oppenheimer were talking about him but, as he approaches no, him, yeah. but actually they were talking yeah. about the, the fact that he has created the worst yeah. thing on earth. Yeah, It is foreshadowed in that sequence, but you obviously don't get the payoff of that until the latter part of the film where all of his intentions come to light and you're like, whoa, like... Shit. Mm. <laughs> you know uh, right filmmaking wow 
that bomb sequence and everything. Practicality, Incredible. man. You know the um, whizzing, whirring clips that you saw where you had, like, atoms under focus? That yes. was all done practically. It was. They used similar techniques to how they used to do the opening titles of the Superman films back in the day, where you literally just have a tank ah. full of water and then just buy loads of, like dip dyes and then lights and everything. I posted something like yeah, this no in my CGI. story. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if you guys saw it, but... It, when was it? Uh, months ago. It yeah, months I probably ago. did. But the way that... But following on from your point, the way that they did it was like genius. I thought that was really, really like stellar. I, I was blown away by it. And interesting that you have the moment of the film which you're kind of there for, which is the atom bomb scene. Mm. And that's actually almost not even the best part of the movie. And this doesn't feel, the runtime feels warranted on this. I think maybe you could chisel off a couple minutes. It slowed in the middle a little bit, but then I found myself thinking I couldn't really choose what to cut here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I have a funny story. About ah, it. yes, please tell. I, I was going to ask I, you. I, I, I do want to tell it, and I'm going to put him on blast. If he's listening to this, you should feel damn ashamed. I hope man. he does. Um, so... We get to the sequence where the atom bomb is uh, going to drop on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. No, no, it's the Trinity test. Sorry, the Trinity test. Are you talking about the actual explosion itself? I'm talking about the explosion. Yeah, Trinity, yeah, yeah Trinity my, Trinity my mistake. Yeah. Um, and my friend, who shall not be named, I won't put him on blast like that, but I will in other ways, uh, was asleep during this sequence. He's not a fan of uh, elongated um, films. Does he like Fast and Furious? Because I like, I like to think of this, that there are these people that don't like movies who go see Fast and Furious movies. Roadmen. No, no. Yeah, no, no it's like always full of Roadmen when Fast and Furious nah, comes but out. I just don't think it's... I, don't think, I, I know for you Roadmen that actually have taste in decent cinema. To be honest... Uh, yeah, I don't think you should generalise the Roadmen. I do. I think I do. the Roadmen are one of the most uh, put-down minorities in this country. I didn't live through the London riots for you to fucking say that to my face. Uh, I, 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 don't I, think, I don't think it was generally just... I think it was opportunists. Yeah. Roadmen But like I said, I don't want to get into politics. So I fucking hate it. Listen. So let's talk about the nuclear. Let's talk. Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about it's the drop in the slightest. <laughs> so he was asleep during the sequence, right? Toby, sorry. Interestingly, just the sequence. Nearly started eating popcorn. No, I was eating went. the popcorn. Come on, man. Do you I... have no respect? No, no. <laughs> I like when shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. So this was the first time I'd been to the Odeon Leicester Square. That's right. a two thousand capacity cinema. I'm telling you now, they would not have heard me crunching. I heard you crunching. I've heard you crunching. Dude, many I, I genuinely the people in the 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 ten meter radius would have heard you. You deserve a slap. Well, maybe... and you literally stopped, and it was perfect. And then when it all started talking again, you happily carried on. <laughs> oh, was that what I did? Yeah, I don't remember. I just right. told you off because it went dead silent. And I went, don't fucking open the popcorn. Like I almost pulled out a Wolfer PPK and put it in your stomach. Oh no, went, I know. Yeah, no, I remember this. Don't fucking open Stefan, the popcorn. You're, you're a good man. You're a good Sorry, man. I was thinking about when we went to see the whale and there's the bit where he's force feeding himself and I opened up the Scotch egg at that time. Oh, I didn't care about that. Yeah, that was. I did. I just was amazed that you could <laughs> eat a Scotch egg during the whale. <laughs> yes, Alex, your friend who fell asleep. So we get to the Trinity test sequence. Amazing! I loved it. I lapped it up. The whole audience lapped it up. Following this, maybe about 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, my friend decides to resurface from his slumber and he turns to me, taps me on the shoulder. I give him a very bemused look and the only thing that he has to say is, have they, have they tested the bomb yet? No. I said, 
Right, me, Your and, loss. me and you are going to fall out, man. <laughs> How could I, you miss one of the most greatest sequences in cinema history? But you should, I knew do you think people, it is? I, I think it, I think it's up there. The Trinity Test sequence. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely wow. up there, man. Okay. I think in modern okay. cinema, for of sure. Course, yeah. And can you remember anything in the wild that was so... Please. Wait, As see. an individual sequence. Um, no, so I was actually slightly... Underwhelmed. Underwhelmed, but that mm. was, I think, part of the intention. Like yeah, I said, same. the best part of the sequence, the best part of the film, sorry, is after that sequence, because yeah. it's to prove the point, like, yeah, cool, explosion. This is what fucking came as around. It's yeah. all fucking shame. We're all going to die one day. Yeah. That was really, it was actually better that the explosion was underwhelming for me. Um, but I think you should have told this gentleman, because I know his name, I won't, I won't drop it. That's not blast. You should have told him that there were full-on, like, Nagasaki Hiroshima scenes where you saw people's flesh rotting off or just see if he believed you. I, I would have, but he's a big fan of Interstellar and I'm not really... Ready to crush his, crush his yeah. Nolan love because you need to keep him with Nolan just enough. Exactly, exactly. I knew a lot of people. I, I've, I've, there was like a moment before where I kept saying, I know, I know, I know. And then oh, I you like, know, yeah. I know, <laughs> okay. I, know, I know a few people who really didn't like this film. Fair who enough. Found it boring. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. <laughs> uh, found okay. it boring. Found it like too long. And what it actually makes me think is that a lot of people went to see this film who have missed a lot of actual cinema. Mm. And there's a lot of people who are then deluded about cinema, which I think is the case with Killers of the Flower Moon. Yep. This, these are both going to be the best picture contenders, aren't they? Even though Oppenheimer is superior. In every way. Well, no, the first two hours of Killers of the Flower Moon are is great. It, and then yeah, an hour and a half later, I'm like, now nah, this film's not good. No, but Scorsese says that it's okay because when you watch Netflix at home, you go... <laughs> well, I can't go out for a piss every five minutes. I can't make a cup of tea and pause it. You're just woke and young. He should have just <laughs> should have just fucking made it into a mini series then if he wanted but to. That make would that have point, translated basically. over a lot better. That, that film also came out this year, but it's on none of my lists. It's not on my list. Either. I don't think it's the worst film of the one of the worst films of the year. I don't think it's an honourable mention. I don't think it's the best. I watched my boy Cassese. Cassese. I watched my boy Cassese. <laughs> I Casino. That's Vincent why I watched Cassese. Casino the other day and oh, I saw that movie. Yeah, I rate that over Killers, but um, made you. Up your fucking eyeball out your head. <laughs> it was a fun sequence. Did, did you feel the, the deaths in Killers of the Flower Moon in particular are kind of almost not as impactful as the ones in these previous Well, it's movies? funny because I was watching him talk about the end of Casino where he talks about how by that point he'd done stylized violence so much he just wanted to show it gritty mm. as it was. Yeah. And I definitely think being an 80-year-old man now, he's just like, she's dead. People die. No, it's now they died. He's got to that part of his life where life is over. You know what I mean? People just die. It's like, how did they... Oh, what shit? It doesn't matter, mate. Nobody dies creatively anymore. What a saying, Alex. No one dies creatively anymore. Yeah, I watched Last Boy Scout the other night. I know this has got nothing to do with anything. (laughs) But they shoot the bad guy off the building and then he falls into the rotors of a helicopter. Come on! Is that not sick or what? And I was like, wow, they don't do that enough in movies. You know what I mean? Live and let die, fuck's sake. But Bad Boys 2, where they shoot the guy and he lands on a mine and explodes. Like, they don't do that enough in movies. They don't do that. Sean Bean's death in Patriot Games, man. Come on. With with Oppenheimer kicking down the door and just like throwing 
uh, Robert Downey Jr. into a nuclear vat. <laughs> like, and his skin radiating. He's like, like the repo man. He just turns to skeleton. You know, Literally, like, yeah. Telling you. Like, boily shit. Yeah. Oh, like the opening of uh, The Rock where that guy gets trapped in with a chemical weapon yeah. and he starts melting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, that film is heading for a rewatch. Or Robocop where that guy gets the chemical waste and he's like, just turns into a monster. <laughs> he just gets turned to... Paste. The Toxic Avenger, basically. Proves my point. Creative deaths have gone out the window. Yeah, mm. I, I know what you mean. Oppenheimer, Stella, is great. Yeah. I think it's quite... This is a weird one where this year I know there is a out-and-out out winner of best film for me. Not the Oscars, I'm saying, for us. Like, the best film of the year. Mm. I mean, I'd easily say. So, quickly, do you want to just quickly say your five best? Just as a recap? Like... Alex? Yeah, yeah, I'll just uh, sum this up. So my five best of the year are Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Oppenheimer, Super Mario Bros, and Animal. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Toby? It's just, it's just like, guys. Has he up. died? Yeah, he's not coming he's back. He's got man. nuclear uh, radiation. Uh, I think mine would have to be Oppenheimer, Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, or the Super Mario Brothers movie, doesn't matter which order, and Spider-Verse, I'd say. Yeah, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Cool. Yeah. I went with Barbie, Oppenheimer, Guardians 3, Infinity Pool, and Puss in Boots, which I didn't talk about, but... Just go watch Puss in Boots. I loved it. Technically a 2022 release. But Is it? Yeah, okay, then I don't, I don't find then. Just completely cut it off. It doesn't exist then. I'm still going to watch My Puss opinion Boots. is completely invalid because it came out the year before. <laughs> right, it's your house. The rules no, are no, your, your no, opinion, your right. house. Uh, uh, Honourable mentions, again, for me, were uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, The Killer, Thanksgiving, Mario, Air, and Talk to Me. Yeah, and Creed 3. Uh, I also had John Wick 4 in there, but... I uh, thought about it. I won't lie. I did think about that one. Again, we've spoken quite a lot about like best action films of but the year. But then I think Extraction 2's got better action. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, go and watch it tonight, man. Trust Netflix me. Netflix needs to spin off their film division, man. They need to put that shit in cinemas. Uh, that, I think that's what Extraction 2 could have done with. But then, yeah, what's, what's your worst, Toby? Uh, so I couldn't really round up with a bottom five, as I said earlier. So I padded it out a bit. It's uh, 65 because it's there. Cocaine Bear, Ant-Man, Cock at the Nabbin, and I haven't seen the film, but Taylor Swift, The Era's Tour. I am currently powerless against the pop machine, so the little I can do, I will. You so, haven't seen the film, but you have no, it as your worst. It is a minus five stars, and fuck you if you disagree. Okay, fair enough. What do you go with, Alex? So my worst five of the year are as follows. I've got Evil Dead Rise, Ant-Man 3, Quantumania, don't know why I said the whole title. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's, which I didn't speak about, but doesn't need to be said. Uh, Exorcist Believer and, unfortunately, Blue Beetle. As your worst? I, I thought did, you were right with that. I, did, I didn't want to put it in my worst, but having digested the film for a little bit after watching it, um, it's it's probably one of the worst superhero films of this year. So the Marvels was better than Blue Beetle? I, I didn't see either. I wouldn't say the Marvels was better. I'd probably say that... No, probably on par oh, with wow. each other. So but you should have six worst films. I should have six, to be fair. But the Marvels might creep in there. Maybe, maybe. Fair, Stefan. Yeah. Uh, sixty-five, Meg Two, Ant Man Three, Evil Dead Rise, and Cocaine Bear. Oh 
Okay, that's, yeah, suitable. So now you guys know which films you should never, ever fucking bother with and which films you should go out and watch immediately. Mm. I also have my random recommend that I don't know if anyone else went for. I'm just going to give you the title. I saw a movie back in January called Plane. Oh, yes. And it was the biggest throwback I've watched in years. Oh, yeah, it was a fun movie. It is no way near a good movie but it was great. It's right. No, I think it's a film. It's no, right. it's just, it's it's one of those where I reckon if you see it on Channel 4, at, well, that's not obsolete now, but where we used to just catch something on Channel 4 at 10pm on a Sunday for your working week, Plane would be one of those one movies. One of those films, I yeah. agree. All right, I might, I, have agree. To give that, I might have to give that a watch yeah. then. Um, what was your random? Uh, one of my randoms, I would have put on my honourable mentions, but it just didn't make the cut. Uh, you guys know I actually had a lot of fun with this film this year. Gran Turismo. Oh, fair play. Fair yeah, play. Yeah. Yeah. Fair uh, yeah. Orlando Bloom and um, David Harbour made that film for me what it was. I thought that their acting superseded the film. But also, if you're a fan of, obviously, Gran Turismo, uh, the racing game, and you, you've enjoyed it, and, you know, it has a lot of history, I would actually say go and watch this film. Not the best racing scenes I've seen in film, but... Uh, admirable racing scenes. I really so. liked, I liked, not really liked, I liked Gran Turismo as well. Yeah. I did enjoy it. I thought it was kind of bizarre that Jerry Halliwell was his mum and none of his mates called and, her milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real, they're all like fucking from ends, But do you like, know, but she was, she was fucking Jimon Honsu. He was the father. So. Yeah. Yeah, you They make know, comments, he'll uh, come out with the slipper. Do you yeah. think when he pulls out his cock, he says, do you see a diamond? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I think it would make more sense if he pulled out his cock in an effort to spice up her life. Oh. I had to. It's very witty, height of satire. Like and it. on that, I'm gonna. Do I not get an honourable mention? Oh well. <laughs> do you have one? Yeah, time. I do. I fucking do. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Fair. Mayhem. Okay. That was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, they yeah. tried new things with it, and it worked. So yeah, that's my honourable mention. I'd give that a go. I decided to cut you because of your. Your rant. You, you weren't allowed one because you ran it. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Nah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, well. So, that kind of wraps up our review, wrapped, wrap up of 2023. Guys, how did you feel about this year in film? Really? Um, yeah, like I said earlier, yeah, I was happy with it. I felt like it was, Generally. A, it was a return to form this year for a lot of films, a lot of blockbusters. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. You know what? Yeah, it's a weird fucking year, 2023, but going to the movies was the best part of it. So on that note, I think it's time to say goodbye to our lovely listeners. My name has been Toby. My name has been and still is Alex. And I will hopefully start 2024 as Stefan. Hopefully, hopefully. Thanks for listening, guys. Lovely time.